Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Hey everybody, another edition of Craft Root Sports is going to be kicking off here in just a minute. This week we are drinking Fear the Sunset Imperial Stout from KCBC, Kings County Brewers Collective in Brooklyn, New York. This is a 16% brew, everybody. This is one that does not mess around. Here's what Tavor had to say about this one. Quote, it tastes like a hazelnut, coconut, and mocha ice cream sundae topped with chocolate sauce. 4.33 caps on untapped. Just an absolute beast. Uh, Scott, this week we are rating this beer on the Star Wars scale. From Jar Jar Binks to Darth Vader, where does Fear the Sunset Imperial Stout fall? Hmm... I'm going to go with whiny Anakin as a teenager in episode two. Ooh, uh, it's got some improvement that it can do, but uh, it's headed towards the dark side and uh, on its way to Darth Vader if it holds up correctly. Very good analogy. Drew, on a scale of Jar Jar Binks to Darth Vader, how does Fear the Sunset hit you so far? I gotta be honest, man. I don't think I can do it justice after Scott's analysis right there. <laughs> I was like, hmm, let's see. What Star Wars characters do I know? There's Luke, Leia, Han Solo, the Emperor. Like, I was trying to figure out a nice middle ground, and he, like, busted it down situationally. Uh, so I'm just going to go with a, it's good. Okay, good. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm going to call this one, uh, initial taste, I'm going to call this one Chewbacca. It's big, it's hairy, and I really like it for some reason. Uh, so this is going to be a fun one to see how this one holds up. New Craft Root Sports starting up in just a minute here. Hey everybody, it is Wednesday night, so that means it is time for another episode of Craft Root Sports. Thank you guys that are uh, on the live stream for bearing with us. I really appreciate it. Family Duties Call pushes the show a little bit behind, but we are here. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Drew. Uh, We got a great show in store for you guys tonight. We are bringing back one of our old favorite 
uh, segments, a, a show favorite, a crowd favorite. Tune in for that uh, coming up at about 8.30. Uh, we got some awesome stories coming up and on deck, and we're going to do some Red Eye Movie Review about Long Lost Summer, the Sosa McGuire documentary that came out, uh, plus some new segments coming up, uh, breaking down some interesting quotes that came out this week. And uh, we'll let you know whether or not we think those quotes are real or uh, BS. Uh, with me, as always, is Scott. Scott, how you feeling tonight, man? Feeling great. Feeling good. How are you? <laughs> great, man. I love that that's your new go-to. That's, uh, it that's, is. That's a pretty fantastic way to start the show. Uh, Drew, uh, also hanging out in the building. How you feeling, Drew? Did he freeze like oh, right you know, as I'm I like went? Turn to normalcy. Did I freeze again? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> this some Wait, good save. Good save, Drew. Appreciate you saving that. Thank you. (laughs) Something we didn't see a lot of from Arsenal today as they win 3-0 to Man City, plus a red card. Hashtag David Luiz needs to go. Wow. I'm doing great because life's back to normal, folks. Gunners be blowing it. (laughs) There's your your Premier League uh, update for the day because that sounded like, uh, you know, Drew's not happy. Sorry, man. I apologize. (laughs) I feel normal. It's okay. It's fine. This I, is all normal. Corona's f- over. Arsenal's blowing games like usual. It's all over. It's normal. As a fan of perennial losers, I am with you, Drew. Uh, I, I feel your pain, man. Uh, I get it. I understand. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please be sure to go ahead and uh, share out the show. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on the podcast. Make sure everybody is uh, getting on. All of this beautiful content right into their faces and their ear holes. Uh, Let's not waste any time tonight, guys. Let's get into On Deck. And as always, On Deck brought to you by Dugout Mugs. We got the hookup for you, everybody. Just go to dugoutmugs.com slash craft and get 15% off your entire order. Get yourself a a baseball bat beer opener. Uh, You can get yourself a baseball bat to drink out of. You're a little late for Father's Day. Anything ordered today is going to get there after Father's Day, but that's okay. You can still give your dad a late gift. It's fine. He's not going to care. Get him a new baseball bat beer mug, dugoutmugs.com slash craft. Save yourself 15% in the process. Sell out. All right. uh, Let's go to... Hey, real real quick, Mike, though. Doesn't dugout mugs have those, like, dark stain ones now, too? Like the cherry oak? The cherry oak is... Dad would love one of those cherry oak. They look fire. I mean, speaking as a dad, yes, uh, I agree. That that is what everybody would go with, and that's what you should get. Dugoutmugs.com slash craft to get 15% off that order. Uh, All right. That sound means it is time for On Deck. And, Drew, you are on deck leading us off today. Drew, what do you got for us? You know, I, f- I figured I'd start on deck to this week with, you know, coming out heavy hitting and something that we wouldn't see, something uh, out of left field, if you were. The oh. NCAA did something right. In in today's current day and age of, uh, you know, political unrest and protests and people speaking out for social causes in positive ways, the NCAA has recognized that they need to t- step up and do something to support their student athletes. That's right, because they're student athletes and they said that they're going to begin encouraging all their 1100 member colleges and universities to give athletes the day off from sports activities on election day so they can get out and vote uh so that's not just necessarily games or meets or whatever but it's also practice duties um duties i don't know about study table (laughs) man we're making good use of that word where are the day here um but so again to, to kind of back their 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 young americans and finding their voice and and sort of being able to jump on board with uh, a lot of the revolution we're seeing here, the NCAA is encouraging colleges to give their, their student athletes the day off. Um, and I would say that what even made it more surprising was the SEC commissioner. 
stepped up and went one step further and said, you know what, we're setting up a program to help our student athletes figure out how to get their absentee ballot. Cause a lot of them aren't from around here, you know, kids go away to school. And so it's not exactly like they can take one day to go drive and vote and come back. He's going to help set up a program where they can go ahead and put the stuff in the mail because yes, it's just like NFL free agency or trades hashtag bangles things. You have to send paper in the mail to receive paper in the mail to then send paper back in the mail to have your voice heard these <laughs> days. So the SEC is stepping up doing its part. So again, starting off the show with some uplifting news to help, you know, put a smile on the face of our fans out there. Uh, that's actually, um, it's surprising that the NCAA is actually doing something that is uh, worthwhile. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm very shocked by that. But here's the thing. Whenever there's an NCAA story and I hear them doing something good, I'm waiting for the other foot to drop. Like they're going to be like, listen, we're going to give all these athletes the chance to go vote and we're going to we're going to help them vote. and We're going to do this and it's going to be great. Uh, also, we lied. We're not paying them. Uh, and then okay, that's so how that's going to they're going to drop that in. You're right. That's my bad. I left out a piece of the story. So they will not be paying for any of the stamps for the mail that needs to come and go. And then on that day off of uh, sports activities for election day, they will not be feeding the kids. It will, their meal plan won't cover that because they're not participating in sports that day. So they lose their stipend for the day. But, you know, small potatoes, right? Just double up on, on Monday or whatever and, and keep some stuff back <laughs> in the dorm for Tuesday. It'll be fine. Scott, are you shocked by this news? Are you shocked that the NCAA did, did something worthwhile? Sammy I mean, looks shocked. I, I'm sh- <laughs> Sammy always looks shocked. Sammy he looks a little blacker shocked. than usual. Uh, Sammy, how you doing? Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm shocked, but I'm kind of like you, Mike. Whenever I hear something that the NCAA did that sounds good, I'm always waiting for that extra little thing to happen where it's just like, yeah, sure, we're allowing this to happen, but oh, by the way, we're not going to pay everybody. And we're going <laughs> to screw up somebody. Like, it's just going to be something ridiculous. Like, there, it can never be straightforward at these NCAA. There's always got to be a hidden agenda. So, good for now, but I'm guessing it's some type of thing where they're like secretly funding voter suppression. <laughs> So it washes out. At least it's a net even, right? It could. Uh, be I mean, guess but... so they're like, yeah, we we encourage all these black athletes to vote, but uh, we also want to make sure that they get their votes suppressed. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're doing the absentee ballot because they're gonna be like, you know what, guys, don't worry, I'll drop in the mail for you. You know what you I mean? Like you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to the mailbox anyways. Let me grab that for your roommate, and then you just like forget to do any of it, and tossing it. Both your bills get late. Right. That's it. Yeah, they're gonna go. Yeah, they're just gonna drop the uh, the all of those absentee ballots off uh, on the corner somewhere. They're gonna magically disappear, uh, especially with the SEC leading this charge. I could see this being a, a big time conspiracy now. All right, well, get no, out the tinfoil hats. They'll probably hold it up to the light and be like, "Did they vote red? Okay, cool. They good." <laughs> So yeah, I immediately just think they're just like, is it a black voter? Nah, trash. Doesn't matter what they pick. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. They're just like black voter doesn't count. <laughs> All right, well, good for you, NCAA. We'll wait and see how you screw that up a little bit later on. Uh, Scott, you are on deck, my friend. All right, and this one is near and dear to my heart because it involves my favorite basketball team and trolling my definitely least liked basketball team so the kings this week decided that they were uh gonna be bored and there's nothing going on so the the troll lakers fans and the lakers in general which is great i love that uh they've got a little bit of a rivalry um especially after the 2002 season when the the kings were screwed out of going to the finals because the nba wanted to make sure that the uh, lakers made it there uh but that's a different story 
anyway, this week they posted on Twitter one of those polls where it's like, hey, retweet, you know, if you if you're a Lakers fan and love if you're a Kings fan. And of course, uh, the early voting, a ton of Lakers fans were retweeting it. So Lakers were running away with the voting. Well, on upon further inspection, if you looked at the picture that they had asked you to retweet, it actually said in real tiny print right above the Lakers logo, I hate. So all of the Lakers <laughs> fans that t- retweeted it and were trying to get you know the Lakers to win the poll were actually retweeting the I hate Lakers. Um, <laughs> the the Kings uh, retweet or posted underneath the tweet uh, showed that they were like you know Lakers fans will retweet anything and they zoomed in showing what they had done. Just a little slight jab, a little fun thing going on when there's not much going on right now, but. Uh, Gotta love that even in the, the middle of COVID and everything going on that the, the Kings are like, you know what, let's take the opportunity to poke at the Lakers for no good reason. I, I'm all for the pettiness. Like, I, if the Lakers wanted to, the, they wouldn't have to do much to retaliate because the history is not even close on this one. But I'm all for it because I hate the Lakers and I, I, I'm an occasional Kings fan. I got to be honest, man, when they, when I first saw the article about this, I didn't even understand because the first article I saw, they didn't zoom in. So I was like, I don't get, okay, cool. You put this out and lost. I don't understand what you're talking about. And then right. I saw and another when article when you that look really at it, it makes in. total sense that the, the Kings would be losing even on their own thing. And it seems like one of those ill-fated things where you're just like, God, how could the social media team be so <laughs> dense and like stupid to think that, you know, the Kings fans would rally behind. But I, I had pulled it up just before the show started, just because I was curious to see where the voting stood. And as of right now, 31,000 uh, retweets for I hate the Lakers. And uh, 41,000 for uh, the Kings as far as love. So, you know, there you go. The, the Kings are winning their own poll, but there's also a lot of people that hate the Lakers. So uh, that's good, too. They, they, they also put the I hate as like a really light gray on a white background, too. So, yeah, they, it's real I don't know if you ever pulled that, you know, in an email thread, you just throw that white text up on a white background. And you're like, <laughs> ah, but I told you I wasn't going to turn my homework in today. It was right there in plain writing. Like, yeah, I got to give the you know what this is, though? This is someone in the King's PR department be like, this is why I didn't go on furlough. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny, too, because like other teams are now jumping on this bandwagon, which is I really hate when this happens, when like something blows up and goes viral, yeah. then everybody else tries to do their own thing. By the way, shout out, pardon the punctuation, saying bring the Memphis Grizzlies to Cincinnati. Uh, that's exactly what we need in Cincinnati <laughs> is a, another team that won't win us anything. Uh, that's that I, I'm not well, on more importantly another team that nobody will watch <laughs> at least it's one more opportunity to have someone fun to watch though like a good player that's a good point we we, we could get zion have... you know get the next zion there uh yeah i guess so uh anyway so the, the it, grizzlies are bad so draft lottery <laughs> these teams uh, they jump on this bandwagon and uh the seahawks put one up uh that said uh like respond or or uh uh, comment for the Niners and retweet for the Seahawks and like all these Niners fans I saw Matt Barr uh, had had tweeted it out and where it was responding to people and like this one dude was like did they really turn commenting off and it's like that that's the joke bro that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what they did so it's so frustrating to see people not get the joke and then at the same time to see these teams jump on this bandwagon and be unoriginal as shit uh, and, and it's like I, I can't stand social media man I hate it so much Oh, it's, dude, it's such a cesspool. Ugh, it's just going to get even worse more as we get closer to November. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to anything on social media. 
You guys want to hear some uh, MLB is a bunch of douchebag news? Oh, yeah. I'm always down for that. All right. So uh, MLB came out with a proposal today, uh, 60 games, full prorated salary for the players. It looks like we are going to have baseball. Uh, but clearly the MLB has been uh, really being shady as hell when it comes to these negotiations. Uh, people have been trying to call it out like we've been doing on the show. Uh, but here's some more further proof just how OWG these owners are. Uh, it has been reported that a couple of MLB teams are trying to require their newly drafted players that they just drafted last week to sign 2021 contracts instead of 2020. Uh, and <laughs> they're falling back on this like, oh, well, it's a shortened season and we're only going to get like 60 games and we might not even have a season. So you can't sign this year uh, for a contract. So how about next year? You can sign for 2021. It'll start in 2021. Uh, but really what that means is that the owners get an extra year of control. So they basically get a seven year contract that turns it into an eight year contract. It is such like it clearly shows just how shady these owners are and how far they will go to screw over the players uh if i was any any guy who just got drafted and my team tried to sign me to a 2021 contract i'm going back to school i'm going back to college i don't care there is absolutely no way i'm signing it'd be different if it was like the regular draft process and you were drafted in the 62nd round and they tried to get you to sign this contract then it's like okay well i got to do it because i'm probably not going to get another chance but they only had five rounds this year so you're a pretty decent prospect, right? Like you're you're good enough that you're going to get drafted again next year. So there is absolutely no way any guy should sign this contract whatsoever. Well, and, and this just goes to the whole labor disagreement that was like on the horizon even before COVID started was the fact that you have MLB teams that were delaying the service time on these guys, even though they were clearly ready, coming out of spring ready, ready to go and be major league ready. But because of the, the service time, teams would delay bringing these guys up until May or whatever. It's like it's the Chris Bryant thing. I mean, like for lack of a better way to phrase it, but it's like Chris Bryant was ready to go a few years ago as a rookie. And they were like, the Cubs were like, eh, well, we'll bring them up in May because Per the rules, if we hold him off <laughs> right. until May, it starts his service clock behind, so we get him for an extra year. And rightfully so, the players are like, we think that's complete bullshit that these teams are doing this just to save an, you know, just to gain an extra year by holding him off for a couple of months. And this is the same exact thing. Even when there's no baseball being played, they're like, oh, hey, uh, can we get you to sign a deal for next year? Because we don't want to lose a year of eligibility. <laughs> we want to keep you under our thumb for another year. Like, Baseball just cannot get out of its own way with this shit. It's the OWGist of OWGing is what it is. Uh, sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to jump I, on you there. No, I no, you're you. great. It's just it's like that that, that the, the OWG aspect of it has been mentioned in this entire rant. Well, you absolutely nailed it. But like that's what it comes down to. It's just a bunch of OWGs and like, <laughs> man, it's the worst. So I I did have one question. So. If they did go along with this plan inside 2021 deals, they get paid this year to play, or are they basically on the shelf? They're basically on the shelf. Their their contract that's, doesn't that's start until next season. 
that's some monopolistic bullshit right, right there. it's it's absolutely ridiculous but mm-hmm. because they sign a contract they can't go back they can't so they're essentially tied to that team at that point so they have to stay with that team so there's no pay which it doesn't matter because teams aren't paying their minor leaguers anyways they're, well, they're the cutting all those they, they signed the contract and i bet you them it doesn't give them election day off to go vote either <laughs> and if they went back to school they'd at least be able to go vote like this is terrible. Well, they do give them election day off because the season should be done by November 6th, but that's a whole different argument uh, if, uh, if they're still playing yeah. the season by November 6th. By the way, I just they want to point out, when we talked at the beginning of the show that we have a, a 16 percenter uh, on this show, Matt Barr rightly called out in the chat that my cheeks were going to be red before the end of On Deck. Matt Barr absolutely nailed it. Uh, my cheeks are already super red. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say, if I had a lighter right now and I just kind of went, like, you would see flames. <laughs> it is like, so... this stuff at the end has the finished, like, napalm. I it don't is even know what's going on. It is so boozy. Uh, this has been On Deck, brought to you by Dugout Mugs. Again, use the link, dugoutmugs.com slash craft. Get 15% off that entire order. You want to drink heavy, boozy beer out of a baseball bat like we do? Dugoutmugs.com slash craft is where you go to get that hookup. All right, fellas, uh, we talked uh, a little baseball there. That leads us really nicely into our Red Eye Movie Review of the Week. This week, uh, ESPN debuted Long Lost Summer, the Sosa and McGuire doc when they had... Uh, when no, the... no, no, no. It is Long Gone Summer. Oh, it is Long I Gone Summer, isn't it? I up to watch it, and I searched <laughs> Long Lost Summer for like five minutes and was pissed. I was like, where is this damn thing? My bad, my bad. Yep, you're right, yeah, you're right. And then long I gone found summer. it and it said Long Gone Summer. I was like, see, that makes so much more sense. Bro, you Sorry, gotta, but you gotta to put the, that one, Mike. You gotta put the Burlon filter on when I do this rundown. It's not my fault. I'm the only one putting stuff in this rundown. I'm sorry, I'm not hey, gonna get I it all right. I some stuff earlier, like an hour ago. I don't like what mom and dad <laughs> Long Gone Summer, the Sosa and McGuire doc. I thought you were going to call me out because autocorrect changes gone to lost. It does. The it does combo every is the single same. time. It's, it's not necessarily on you. Up your Steve Jobs. Get it together. I thought you were going to call me out by calling this the Sosa and Maguire doc because it was clearly the Maguire doc with a hint yeah. of Sammy Sosa added in. Uh, Sammy Sosa was like the smallest part, as big of a part of the actual home run race that he was. He was such a small part of this documentary. Uh, Scott. Racist OWGs in baseball doing it again. That's what that is. <laughs> well, I think it's because the uh, director was from St. Louis or something. And he was really all about uh, doing that. Anyways, Scott, what would you think of uh, Long Gone Summer? So, so <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, Drew and I were talking about it before things got started on the show. And it was just one of those things where he lived through it like we all did and it's very you know like there was nothing new presented like it was just like oh hey here's this thing that happened like the most new perspective we got on it was you know sammy's still a little pissed even though he's trying to pretend that he's not uh just kind of like his skin color where it's like he's trying to pretend he's black but he's not (laughs) um it just it was just like there was nothing new offered there was no new perspective i I thought it would have been better had they got mcguire and sosa in the same room and had them like conduct the interview together because mcguire specifically said hey you know I had no idea who Sammy Sosa was when this whole thing started. And then I had no, you know, I didn't get to know him during this whole thing because everything was so crazy. Like how great would it have been if they, you know, had them do the whole meeting in the room, handshake thing and conduct the interviews together and they kind of get to know each other and we relive it through their eyes and everything. Otherwise it just, it was like, 
here this happened okay this happened and here's the sports center cut-ins and like hey if you never knew this happened it was great like my kids someday i hope to show them and be like hey you know this summer was really awesome and here's why but also it screwed baseball in the long run but it us having lived through it and seen it all it was just like okay thanks like it was just a reminder Here, here's what it is scott is that if this was the jordan doc if it was switched where this was the thing rushed three months early in production and we watched it be like oh okay y'all maybe didn't get to tease out things or cut it up the way you wanted to to tell the story well enough but you covered the basics great thank you yeah that's something it did it just felt empty it felt light like there felt like there are a lot of angles they could have played up, but they didn't. Like the whole inner uh, divisional rivalry aspect of it. Yeah. You know, with Cardinals and Cubs fans. Or even the relationship that Sammy and Mark did seem to evolve or like grow over time as they went through it. Like that seemed kind of cool. The way they talked about each other in the interviews at the time and then even talked about each other in the interviews they shot then. But like they didn't get into that either. Like there was just a lot of opportunity left on the table. And like I started watching it and I kept looking at the clock. I was like, all right, well, Okay, half an hour in. Well, I guess that's not too long. It's 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 a longer film or whatever. Oh, 45 in. Well, they're probably gonna get to the good stuff right now. And I was like, hour 15 in, and they haven't even talked about steroids. Like, what are we doing here, folks? <laughs> it was just it left me wanting for a lot. They they, they could have done more. It could have been more explosive or whatever. But it was just like this slow, steady, boring thing that helped you pass this time in the summer, just like baseball. I, I knew that it was the baseball with. of documentaries. Yes, I was waiting for it. I was going to jump in if you didn't hit that. If you didn't stick that landing, I was yeah. right there to get your back on that one, Drew, because you're 100% right. It was – okay, so I Scott says it was cool and something he wants to show his kids. I think it was complete dog shit. I hated everything about this, and I loved that race, and I was so looking oh God, forward yeah. to this. Like, I really wanted this documentary to be good, but it was like – First of all, if you're going to pretend to show me all of the home runs, show me all the home runs. Like, if that's all it's going to be is just like, hey, remember when these guys hit a shitload of dingers? Cool. Show me that. But they didn't even show all of them. They were like, here's Maguire's 14th, and here's his 17th, and here's his 32nd. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the hell happened to all the other ones? Give me well, like... And then, you know what was real contrived? Because it's like, okay, they touched on it, but then they just kind of left it and they briefly brought it back up was the fact that Griffey was in it to start. Like, it was like, okay, yeah. we've got Griffey mentioned in this race, but then Griffey's not, they didn't interview Griffey. Griffey, right. like, nobody really talked about Griffey. It was just like, hey, we thought Griffey was the one who was going to be in this race with McGuire, and then he wasn't. Ha ha ha. Right. But they never, like, addressed it. It was just like, eh, he kind of fell out of it. And, and they, they don't even talk on. about the fact that Griffey hit, like, 54 that year. Like, it wasn't like Griffey bailed. He had a bad month, and right. that took him out of it. I think it was, like, August, where he only got, like, one home run in the in the entire month. But he still hit 54 fucking home runs like how does he get left out completely of this and then drew's right the the fact that the whole steroid conversation was just them being oh like God, by yeah. the way uh i had andrew in my locker and everybody was doing it and they were like oh cool okay see him moving on i mean honestly the most profound like new thing we got out of it it wasn't really profound because i feel like i've heard him say it before but the best part of the whole thing was Bob Costas like breaking down yes. how he views steroid yes. users and yeah. how he views the era. It was just like, okay, Bob Costas, the voice of reason, somebody who throughout you know sports history, like he's never had anything that I, I I'd knock him. I don't know how everybody else feels about Costas, but for me, he's a trusted voice, a trusted opinion within the sports world. And when he's like, look, here's how I view you know that era and these players and the records. 
that was the most profound thing for me. That was the only thing that I was like, all right, well, this was worth watching because of that. But everything else was just kind of like, eh, okay. So I, I was going to say the same thing because Costas nailed it when he said right. that there's what he said, there's morality, there's criminality, and then there's authenticity. And I was like, holy yes. shit, that's the best way to put it. And I will, I will double down that, Scott. Bob Costas could tell me that the sun rose in the west and set in the east. I'd be like, you know what? Bob probably knows something that I'm not quite privy to, but I trust that man. Yeah. So I'll ask you real quick if we can take a detour. Is there a more trusted broadcaster name in sports of our generation that we remember that would be ahead of Bob Costas? Um, oh, ahead of no. But, I mean, I think that when you're talking about it, it's like, Al Michaels and Bob Costas are the two people that yeah, I but trust see, the but most. Al, Al is Monday Night Football. Bob's done it all, man. No, no, Bob's no. Yeah, I was going to say, Bob, he Bob knows, covers he knows the all. Full spectrum. Yeah, Bob covers all the spectrums, but it's just like Al Michaels is also that voice where it's like Al does have some oh. other sports on his resume. He's more known for football, but like he, you know, he's got the Miracle on Ice call and like he's done other things. Oh, but that's like, true. That's those true. are the only two voices and people who, when all things are down and it's like, all this noise from both sides where it's just like, all right, what are these two saying? And I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go with them. Like they've never said anything controversial or, or crazy to where it's just like, Oh well, man, well, like Bob is really out of left field with that one. Javier mm. does say that Costas loves Derek Jeter. So now yeah. I'm taking a step back. I got I to, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. Fuck Costas. I'm out yeah, of, I'm out of And Javi, Javi stealing my, Javi. my joke. I was going to go with Chris Collinsworth as my nominee for a guy that you trust. And, and what a, a piece of ass <laughs> Chris Collinsworth. Because here's yeah. a guy you can't that sell me an escalate to sell his life. I tell you what, dealerships <laughs> over here. Chris Collinsworth, whenever i think of chris collinsworth i think of when that restaurant broke away uh in cincinnati oh, when that yeah, jeff ruby restaurant yeah it broke away from its moorings and they had to rescue everybody and chris collinsworth was in that was in there and then in the news they show him with like that little tiny life jacket that just went down to here and yeah. he was walking off in his suit and his little bitty life jacket oh chris collinsworth what the he's the worst um Javi saying Madden, boom. Uh, and uh, Matt Barr saying he would love to empty his life savings to watch Bob Costas, Mike Florio, and Darren Ravel fight to the death right in front of me. That's a, a bold claim, uh, and I'm glad that's in writing, Matt, uh, so that when the FBI comes knocking, they know where who, to go. Who wins that fight? Uh, I'm going to go. I feel like. Is that a chill train? Hold on. Hold on. Mookie's sip? mad props. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll handicap wait. this for you. Darren Ravel is going to go off at minus 120. Mike Florio, I'll give you at, at one thirty-five, and Costas is is a is a plus two fifty. I mean, I feel like Ravel is going to fight dirty in this one. Uh, That's but, what I'm saying. But Florio also seems like he'd fight some, uh, some dirty. Let's let's do Scott's idea here: sip, chug, drain, pour. Costas, Florio, Ravel. Sip, chug, drain, pour. Okay. Uh, I'm a sip. I go first. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm sipping Costas. Yeah. I'm drain pouring florio because over the last couple of years he's just been a giant deuce and uh i'm just gonna go ahead and, and chug some collinsworth because i don't have a problem with collinsworth in fact i think he's fine it and was i Ravel. also love the i also love oh, oh wait darren Ravel. well Ravel's the same way but i love like what darren Ravel brings to the table like it, it's fine with me like i know he rubs a lot of people the wrong way with what he says but it's like eh, he, he doesn't bother me I would agree in that uh, statement. I'm I'm going with the same. Drew, would you agree with that sip, chug, drain, pour? I would sip Costas. I would drain, pour, Ravel, and Florio. <laughs> 
and I would chug Collinsworth because he'd get me in the club and then I could ditch him and like have a great time under his DIY. Right, so we were both trying to chug Collinsworth. Like, <laughs> well, when Scott changed the rules, I was like, oh, I, can't, I have to yeah, wait. We're just out. adding guys in. Everybody's just <laughs> throwing in. It's, it's, our game. it's our game. We do what we want. We don't care. Um, all right, so. Ooh, uh, we're, we're done with that game because no, I have another one. Go for it. Go for it. Help all yourself. Right. Uh, Costas Schefter McShay. All right, I'm still. Now, sip- see, that's like that's an actual tough one, but I'm gonna let Mike go mm-hmm. first on this one. I'm still gonna sip Costas. Um, I am going to chug McShay, uh, and I'm gonna drain poor Schefter, only because I feel like that dude is getting worked to death, anyways. So I'm just gonna put him out of his misery. Like, let's just pour uh, you down yeah. the drain, bro. It's it's been a good run. See you later. See, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go right with that, Mike, because again. Costas gets us into the most exclusive and classy clubs. So, you know, we're getting top end access, even if he is a little, you know, restrained, we'll say with his, uh, you know, having fun activities. Um, McShay, I would chug because he would have me, you know, he would show me a great weekend down at Bama, you know, on a, on a college football weekend, but come Tuesday, he's probably leaving my ass behind and, you know, taking the, you know, taking the bus without me, <laughs> the college game day bus. And then, uh, I would drain poor Schefter because, yeah, you're right. He's always working. Like, he wouldn't have any time to go out. Like, it's bro, like, dude, like, put on, your phone down. We're hanging out. Put the right? phone like, down. Let's make use of that celebrity status. You're like, no, I've got a tip on a four-string running back for the Jets. Scott, are you on board with this sip chug drain pour? Uh, no, I'm going to go ahead. I mean, I'll sip Costas. That's not going to change. But I'm going to uh, drain poor McShay. And it's not because I don't like him. I actually really like McShay. But uh, I'll chug Schefter because it's like it's rapid fire with him. It's like nonstop. That dude, any hour of the day is dropping bombs. And I mean, he's Wojanowski for football. So I'm all about some Adam Schefter. Fair enough. I feel like you can't go wrong with McShay or Schefter because if Schefter has gone, McShay could fill that role very easily. Like that's sure. that's the the plus side there. Um, anything else you guys wanted to get into on uh, Long Gone Summer? Uh, I mean, it was yes, Jordan, me. Jordan making Jordan. an appearance um, and Carl Malone. The fact that there was three different times I counted three different times that Michael Jordan made an appearance in a documentary that didn't feature him. There was the initial talk of how uh, Sammy was just a guy in Chicago, and they showed you know Jordan with his titles, and this was right after what would be the last title for the Bulls in '98 when this is going on. So the timing is hilariously ironic uh you had the shot of him with sammy sosa um standing there on the mound after i'm guessing jordan threw out a first pitch and then jordan standing in the god up in the bleachers with his jeans from 1998 <laughs> that were just oh god there's nothing that you can be said except for they were just so bad he had his t-shirt tucked into him they were super wide it was not a good look but it was like as eh, michael jordan who's gonna say anything to him if only like, he had the kangle cap right on now. at the same time if only the kangle cap was on backwards with those that t-shirt tucked yeah. into the the Dude, jeans that's a fresh look right there i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Fresh uh, as hell. Scott, you mentioned Griffey getting like light play in this documentary. There is an, a Griffey documentary coming out. Um, say hi to the dog for me. There is a Griffey documentary their ass all night. coming out <laughs> Sunday night Chill on out, Mike. MLB uh, Network. They're actually uh, doing a, a Griffey documentary, so I'm hoping that that ends up being way better than what this 30 for 30 was. Well, and I mean, it's like, okay, so they mention Griffey and they show him and all this stuff. It's like, I know Griffey has talked about it at various times and he doesn't want to get in it. Like, I feel like if you get 
Griffey off camera, he would be like, look, fuck all these N-words. And I mean, Bonds, Maguire, like all of them, like everyone that was suspected of uh, Roy's use, like he would just throw an F-bomb at him because, you know, he ended up not and getting hurt and his career, you know, went a certain way. But it's like, God bless America. When he was at his prime, there was nobody better and everybody knew it. But it's it's such a shame that, you know, he was playing up in Seattle. And so it was kind of just like, oh, everything kind of got lost. Like, I feel like Griffey's career, as weird as it is to say, it's like it's underrated and it didn't get as much pub as it should have. Like, <laughs> this goes to the whole Derek Jeter. Could you imagine if Griffey had played in effing New York? Dude, like, seriously. If, if there, first of all, whoever the douchebag was that didn't give Griffey a first ballot vote would have if he played in New York. Yeah, like, like he, I mean, Griffey would be a, a god. Like, I mean, he would be above god if he had played in yeah. New York. And this just goes to show you how when you know it comes to sports, it's like you can get lost no matter how great you are just because of what team you play for. And even if like he elevated those Mariners teams to places that they shouldn't have been, it's all forgotten because ah, it's just Seattle. When you look at his home run totals, I was looking at this when they brought him up. Uh, so 96 Griffey hit 49 home runs, 97, he hit 56. That's when all the, the pubs started about Hey, Griffey's probably going to break it. He hit 56 again in 98 and then 48 and 99. That four year stretch is absolutely unreal. Like the only people who had a better four year stress a stretch are known juicers. And Griffey is the guy that's seen as the clean one. He never did anything like that. After that, his totals absolutely plummeted. I'm looking at here. He had one year above 30 again, and that was in 2005 when he hit 35. Outside of that, it was like single digits, teens, maybe into the 20s. Like his career had a specific arc. Like that time was prime Griffey, and uh, it, it was completely overshadowed by two dudes juiced up on roids unreal well, so that's that's what i'm trying to find too so i'm pretty sure didn't uh didn't mcguire and sosa both play the basically the entire season but griffey missed like 10 or 15 games griffey like he, had an injury in times. 98 yeah he had an injury in 98 and that's what put him behind uh oh he he played he played 161 but i think he played hurt is what it is i finally figured out how to work baseball reference <laughs> Uh, but that's the documentary we need to check out. So Red Eye Movie Review next week about the Griffey Doc. Everybody Wait, does he have to give a thumbs up or Red Eye? How are we doing this? Yeah, let's go on a scale of uh, zero to two Red Eyes. Where do we rate the uh, Long Gone Summer documentary? Scott? Uh, I'm going to give this half a Red Eye. And, and you know oh. what else uh, hurts the this particular 30 for 30? Is because... Again, something I mentioned with Drew, it's like you had Jordan, you had Lance, and you had Bruce Lee. Like you had these three really good 30 for 30s all in a row. And I know Jordan's its own breed, so fine. Even if you don't want to count that. Even coming on the heels of Lance and Bruce Lee, like this one just fell flat. Like, I mean, it's just I'll give it a half a red eye just because of that. Cycling. (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, like (laughs) seriously, the the one about bikes was better just because again. I found all sorts of stuff I didn't know. You had Lance who was just like completely unfiltered and was like, F it. Whereas it's like, I, I mean, I don't know the personalities of Sosa and McGuire specifically, but they always seemed kind of reserved. And even during their interviews, it was just like, eh, you know, here's this thing. And I do have to bring up that one thing because I wanted to mention it. It's like, for those who caught it, 
the person who set up the interview for Sosa with that painting behind him with the white faces, <laughs> you're the real MVP. Because to me, that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm guessing that Sosa didn't put the correlation to that, but somebody somewhere was like, we got to have Sammy in front of this white face painting because how ridiculous is that? And look at his face. He's looking like Donald Glover in Whiteface from Atlanta. That's how Sammy so looks. It is awful. Uh, Drew, what's your final red eye rating on uh, Long Gone Summer? Man, I was like Ben Stein with clear eyes over here. Like it, it just nothing. I, it helped me pass an hour and forty five minutes of my life. Like it was sports. It was fine. Like I don't know. I kept waiting for more. Eh. Take it or leave it. It's something I watched once. Never watch it again. I yep. mean, it was the baseball of Gordon um, for 30s. Yeah, is the best way to, that like, was put the bow such a good description, Drew. <laughs> I'm with you. Zero red eyes for me on this one. I, I will probably never watch this again. If I wanted to watch uh, a documentary in this realm, I wish they would have just been like, hey, here's every single home run that Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa yes. hit during the 1998 season. We're just going to play all of them. And I'd be like, cool, That's I'll watch that. I'll sit down and watch that for an hour and a half. Uh, that and probably also, would have been better. It would have absolutely would have been better. They could have cut in interviews if they wanted to, but just show every single dinger and just have Mark McGuire be like, oh, yeah, I took steroids, but it wasn't illegal at the time. And they'd be like, cool, moving on. Here's another dinger. And I'd be like, just like 98, this is the greatest. <laughs> right. That'd be the best thing too. Would it be uh, it'd be Jack Buck making all the calls, right? <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack Buck. Buck calling all marks, and and, uh, like, and Harry Carey's grandson calling all the Sammies. Uh, yeah, what a tool looking guy. Chip. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, I was hey, wondering. Chip, yeah. Chip Carey Chip. is the current Atlanta Braves uh, play by. Oh yeah, he was sure to be there mouth. with the uh, with the A in the background. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did have to chuckle at that that they were like, "Hey, we want to interview Chip Carey, I guess, because he's the closest one because his dad and grandpa are both dead, and obviously he was the Cubs announcer at the time." But he's sitting there, and I'm like, "Ah, they got him right yep. there, in right the city, in front of the Coors yep. Field." Unreal. Uh, <laughs> I love how they tracked down the uh, they tracked down the uh, groundskeeper guy that got the ball too. Oh yeah, hang on, I'm cutting back to this. Wait a second, I was gonna yeah, we were gonna go into good. a st- hang on because we also need to get our Ice Mountain sponsorship reading at some to some point too, Mike. Because you know we've been <laughs> pimping that thing over shots to Scott's shoulder the whole time. This dude catches a, a unreal home run. Catch it. He, he ran and got it. it. That's and true. He, he ran it. and got it. He was. It's a million dollar ball at least, and that kid goes and gives it to McGuire with that stupid Mister McGuire. I think something belongs to you. Get the hell out of here, kid. You are an idiot for that. I have more respect for the dude that caught the seventieth home run ball because the the Cardinals went up to him and they were like, "Hey, uh, we want to give you some autograph merch. We'll give you a bat, some balls." And he was like, "Listen, I just want to meet McGuire. Like, can I just meet?" M- Mark McGuire and Mark McGuire was like, nope. And he was like, fine, fuck you. I'm out. And then he sold the ball for $3 million. That's the real MVP. I was just going to say, I thought Todd McFarlane was the real MVP. It was just like, Dude. Yep, I'm just sitting out here buying up balls. Yeah. What a, what a horrible uh, return on investment that guy got. Uh, somebody had tweeted out afterwards. He spent $5 million on those balls uh, between the seven that he collected. And right now he would be lucky to get a million if he tried to sell all of them. That is a wow. horrible investment. That's why that kid is stupid. Get your million kid. You're a Wait, groundskeeper. So he, all right. So let's do this then. Let's play this game out, Mike. You get a million in cash or 
Are you trying to get like some Cardinal season tickets for life? He's in the grounds crew. He's already going to the games. Who cares? Bro, he ain't in the grounds crew. You saw him in that interview. He ran around pulling tarps over fields. Come on now. Also, life caught up with him. Also, hang on. Did he get season tickets for life? No, he got a no, pat that's on what the I back. Would demand. He got and they wouldn't do it. He got a pat on the back, and they were like, "All right, thanks, man. Thanks for giving Mark McGuire. You get to stand next to McGuire on this stage here. Stupid. That, that kid's stupid." Employment at will is a joke. That's all I got to say about that. Stupid. But you know what's not stupid? Morning recovery. Uh, if you guys are drinking 16% brews like we are, go on over to morelabs.com. Use the code SPORTS. Get 20% off your order. They got stuff that's going to help you sleep, stuff that's going to help you focus, and stuff that will help you recover after you get hammered like I am right now. Morelabs.com. Use the code SPORTS. Get 20% off that entire order. Sell out. Uh, so Scott. I got a, I got a funny story about money recovery though. Cause I feel like this is worth sharing. I have this habit of ordering them when I realize that I'm down to my last few, which is usually when I'm drunk. Right. And so last weekend I, I was popping to my last one. I was like, Oh my God, babe, how, how we're out of morning recovery. Where's the morning? Reco- we have nothing left. So I popped on, I ordered an amount. So we'll just leave it at that to, you know, make sure I was stocked up appropriately. And the next day I woke up and I was like, Oh shit, that's right. Jenna, how are we out of morning recovery? Where's the morning recovery? She goes, it's probably in the basement quarantine. You left it when they shipped it the last time. And I was like, oh my God, so you're you got right. double, double order coming. Yeah. So basically I'm double stocked now because I totally forgot that I had hid my morning recovery from my drunk ass self when I was drunk. And when I was drunk again, I couldn't find the leftover morning recovery. So I panicked and I bought more. The good news is they got my back. This stuff is already shipped. It'll be here tomorrow. So worst case scenario, I'm set for like a couple of weeks. So Fantastic. Shout out morning recovery. I wish you'd help me put GPS on, on your boxes for me because help me from myself. But still, I woke up the next day, feel completely fine. Other than I panicked and thought I had no one recovery left. So thank you, Drew. Uh, fantastic. Uh, more labs.com. Uh, use Couldn't the code sports guys. We are going to uh, do a segment that we haven't done in a, a long time. This is one that the fans have been asking for. Uh, this is one that uh, I'm excited to bring back. Uh, this started with me screwing up uh, and being unable to place uh, a, a band a group that sang a song and Scott calling me a name. And that has become a very <laughs> calling you a name. Yep. Very fantastic <laughs> segment. So let's get into white motherfucker. Danny DeVito. Every Scott. Time. <laughs> Scott. Why don't you hit us up with the white motherfucker question of the week? All right. Well, I decided I was going to ease into this a little bit. Thank and, you. Be uh, gentle. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do it. Plus, this is the first time I'm kind of doing it with two people. Usually it's just you, Mike. And so I was like, I feel like Drew is a little less white motherfucker than you. But I also wanted to make sure that I could uh, try to stump both of you. So I, I'm going to go ahead and ask this one. And oh, I won't I'm be scared. shocked if Mike... <clears throat> gets it wrong but i will be a little bit shocked if drew gets it wrong how about that i'm scared okay i got my answer locked in already i know i'm gonna say (laughs) so in 1996 the r&b group 112 released a hit single called only you oh it featured two rappers in the remix name those two rappers wait a second hang on i I just want to back up for one second. You were going to hit me with, oh, I decided to ease into this with you. Uh, 
And by easing into it, I'm going to go with a, a 112 song from 1996. And not even the song. I'm going to go with the remix. What well, rapper no, no, no. Okay, on the so, remix? Okay, to be fair, the, the remix is like the song. Like it's, okay. it's one of those like remixes where it's like the only way people know the song is because of the remix. That's the one that gets played on the radio. That's the one that's a single. So it's not like, oh, this is like a completely different version that nobody ever heard. This is the definitive version is this song. And it features two rappers all right so i gotta be honest i can't place the song uh i can't i i can't think of what this song even sounds like to try to to uh so anything i say here is going to be a, a complete guess but let me try to work this out in my head uh so 112 i know them from uh i'll be missing you uh so uh-huh. they were like bad boys uh entertainment i feel like they're they're on that label um so in 96 I'm gonna. I'm just gonna guess uh, Biggie and P Diddy. Okay, and and Drew, your guess is. Well, I know. I know it's my man Biggie because I was gonna say East Coast for that New York rap. Um, I don't remember. I'm wrong. Like you would have been more shocked if I. So it's not Biggie and Diddy. Son of a bitch. Fuck this. No, it's definitely Biggie. But it's that other dude from the South. Um, Is it Mason Betha? Wait, is Mace the other one in this? Answer the question, Drew. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. So, Mike, final answer. You're saying Biggie and P Diddy. I yeah, I'll go with my guy. All right, so Biggie I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Biggie and Mace. Then we'll split the difference. <laughs> like I said, I would be shocked if Drew got this wrong. Not at all surprised that Mike got it wrong. It was Biggie and Mason Bethel, <laughs> and I specifically did it because I figured you got me on the Mace real real name question, and I'd go ahead and throw you the bone, and so you screwed it up with going Biggie. Your, your, your thought process was correct, though. That's why I said I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of make it easy. It's not like it's going to be impossible, so if you think about the time period and who it was, you both got Biggie, and it was just a matter of, was it Mace or was it P. Diddy? And of course, Mike, you being the white motherfucker that you are, you got it wrong. What else has 112 done? I don't know if I... Peaches and Cream. I was going to say, yeah, that's the only one. I was so excited for that. They also did the chorus on Missing You. Right, well, that's what I mainly remember them from, is from Missing You, but like, I... I couldn't think. I, I re- peaches and cream. I do remember that one now, but I don't know yes, if I've ever heard another one of their songs. Like gun oh, to my good. head. So I know where to go for future uh, white motherfucker questions. Is yeah, anything just go straight one twelve? I'm gonna be start. <laughs> I'm gonna start listening to their entire library. Uh, well, no, you know what's funny though? I've asked a one twelve question before because I asked who was the lead singer of one twelve. Like, what was his like name? And it's it's because it's from peaches and cream where he says he spells it out and his name's Slim. And he says the S, the L, oh. the I, the M. Like we've had a question involving you know 112 before. You know what's amazing? You, you could you could have asked that question again <laughs> and I would have gotten it wrong. You could have done the exact same question. And you could probably do that question again next week and I would get oh, it wrong. You white as mayonnaise. <laughs> I'd like me some good mayonnaise. We should be, I'm about to listen to that this week though. Peaches and cream was the jam. That's also, a good you should tune. listen to only you because that song actually came on not to, not that long ago on the radio. And I was like, God, this is a really good song. So as soon as Mike said it, I was like, I know where I'm going with this one. What, By the way, what, thank you, you Scott for bringing that on because, the uh, I have uh serious. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. There's was, no other way. I would hear it on the radio. 
even put that shit on the airwaves. Come on now. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Scott, for white motherfucker. Uh, it's it's been a long time. I'm glad to bring it back. Did you just knock your microphone over? Like you totally just knocked your microphone completely off the. I'm the a black pedestal. motherfucker when it comes to my mic. <laughs> and Sammy just cracking up. Scott too. Looking at him. Just like, Sammy's look at such a he's such a black bitch back there. I like him better with his half white version. I love that Katie was like, "Does Scott have a green screen?" <laughs> like, ah, Katie. The light does kind of help him match though the background right like because they all it really the does right and there's scott disappearing into it uh well he Ooh, struggles like we get to see mark's little ginger ass <laughs> well he struggles Actually, wait, scott, go mic. away mike mike and mark they're stacked on top of my video here y'all look exactly the same <laughs> it's because i gotta be honest mike you need to lean down because you're looking too a little too thick for mark up there <laughs> well you know it's them prison workouts man what can in i prison say workouts i get you right uh all right this is a new segment that i want to do tonight guys this is uh this segment is called This is Some Bullshit. Man, this is some bullshit! Boo this man! <laughs> God, what a great All drop. Right, so this is a drop for it. It's a great drop Wait, for it. Wait, can you go one more bullshit. time just for fun? Yeah, sure, I can do that man, one more time for you. Man, this is some bullshit! Boo this man! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's uh, how this one's going to work. I'm going to give you guys uh, some comments that came out this week. And then based on those comments, I want you guys to get out your bullshit meter and tell me just how bullshit these quotes are. Uh, and if you guys are watching and, and following along, hit those comments, uh, drop them below, and, and let us know just how bullshit you think these are. So we got three of them this week. Let's start off with our good friend, Raj. Good old Roger Goodell. Uh, during a, a thing on ESPN where they had all the commissioners on to talk and, and they were talking about uh, racial equality and, and things that these leagues can do and move forward, uh, Roger Goodell said that he would, quote, welcome and encourage a team to sign Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and then he went one step further and said he wanted to get with Colin and uh, get his his insight and his input on how the league can correct itself. Uh, so... Just how bullshit is this comment from Roger Goodell? I hope that when Colin gets with Roger, he bends him over with no lube. Fuck that guy. He is full of shit. This is 110% garbage. I mean, everyone can just look at that tryout that they they put aside everyone for and, and made yeah. space for Colin to whatever. When everyone, every analyst in the league called him out for being like, no one goes and sees players on Saturday. That's when well, they're in college and other shit. Not only Fuck that, Roger, that's trash. And if, don't forget, they readjusted it. It was like, oh, it's supposed to be here, and then they moved it because of the venue, and like they did, they did everything they could. And to it make was sure like it three days' happen. notice. Like it was right. <laughs> Matt right. Barr saying twelve out of ten on the bullshit scale. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. It, it's definitely a, a whatever the max is and the dr phil reason... that's what it is this is dr phil love <laughs> yeah, like i mean the only reason Fuck it's not even too. more it's because it's like in a room that has manfred and goodell i don't know who i'd trust less with a knife in their hand <laughs> oh no i would trust manfred because you know what he's going for <laughs> he coming from them greenbacks for those OWGs. At least you know what he's about. Oh, oh no, no, no. That, but so is Goodell. But Goodell's no, like sloppy about it. Like, see, I don't I'm know if Goodell's about... in it for the owners or for the corporation sponsoring the NFL. That's that's well, the thing. It, it he's doesn't sneaky. matter. Like either one of them is gonna stab me. I, like that's 
that's the problem. Like the other two are just sitting over there. Silver's like, uh, Hey, I'm just here out of obligation. And Batman's like, ah, I mean, you know, I guess I'm the commissioner of NHL. Scott, so here I Scott am. named a hockey player. That kind of counts, right? <laughs> I, I was don't care. Here waiting, I was like, Oh, I bet he's not going to get it. I bet he's not going to get no, it. No, <laughs> you racist son of a bitch. I know who Gary Batman is. He's the worst, but it's funny because God, I'll give you $50. If you name the MLS commissioner right now, no idea. Don uh, no. Garber. It's okay. Oh, okay. But it, it, the, well, the, and the thing about Batman is Batman, and, and rightfully so, because he was a very horrible commissioner for a long time in NHL, and, but he was overshadowed because the league wasn't as popular. Well, it, even with the league being you know slightly more popular, and, and and he's gotten a little bit more better. It's like the the commissioners of supposedly the best leagues are terrible. Like just absolute <laughs> garbage. And anything Goodell says, I don't believe for a second. It's so easy after a few years of shitting on him. And, and just what last week we we're talking about the fact that he wouldn't reference him by name and Kaepernick. And now he's like, yeah, sure. I'd encourage somebody to say it. it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's been a few years. Encourage you know, and God welcome. knows what he I'm... has now. Like, yeah, of course you could say it's like, I bet he, you know, he, he endorses them signing Emmett Smith to a contract too. Like, congratulations. I'm, sur- I'm surprised he didn't try to pull some bullshit to be like, he's so friendly with Colin. He called him like C-Cap. Like, yeah, C-Cap could be on any team being like going from not saying his name to be like, we got fun nicknames for each other and we got a secret handshake. You know, we, we talk to each other on the weekends all the time. Like, yeah, I could yeah. see him pulling that same kind of crap. Also, conspiracy theory for next week mike i'm gonna throw this out to you for the rundown have y'all ever seen roger goodell in the rain because he may be a cyborg he may be a robot because his ass never gets wet <laughs> have you ever seen, seen his ass in the, in the rain either no i haven't I definitely never seen him in the rain i've never seen roger goodell in the rain you might be onto something there drew we're gonna have to dig into this conspiracy he may be a robot week. but mike how bullshit is this for you it's super bullshit it's uh it is it, just lip service where Goodell is like, what can I say that'll make me sound like I like black people? Hey, I kind of want people to sign Kaepernick. And then that's where it ends. Uh, well, it's- and again, it's, it's something easy to say because at this point there's a, it was a slim chance a few years ago, right? Like, and they were behind closed doors, like telling people not to sign them. Right. But now where it's real, like past the point of it, it's just like, yeah, sure. You know, it'd be like Manfred coming out and being like, yeah, I support bonds for the hall of fame, knowing damn well that he's not going to make the hall of fame. Like, of course you endorse it now. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a garbage uh, thing for, uh, uh, for Goodell to say, Let's go to the second one. I will say this, though, real quick, though, because, Scott, you say that it's, like, too far gone or it's been too long, but uh, I'm trying to pull up the tweet real quick. I I saw this earlier. One of ESPN's NFL personalities tweeted out something along the lines of, like, oh, you think it's too late for Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, here you go. Dan Orlovsky, that solid Lions quarterback. (laughs) He goes, can Cat come back after four years of being out of ball and play? Vic went two years out of football, 21 minutes in jail, and three years not being a starter. His first year back starting, he went 36%, 3,000 passing yards, 21 TDs, six interceptions, with 676 rush yards and nine TDs, a 30-year-old. So Cap's been out of the game longer. He also hasn't been in jail or in prison during the time, and I think he's still younger than Vic was when he does that. did that. So, Sure. I, I'm, not even, the I, I'm not even like – like downplaying the fact that cap could come back and be some type of successful regardless of Vic. It's just, it's just the idea. Like Vic is a very unique circumstance and he's, he has very unique skill set. And 
you know, Cap has his own unique skill set. It's just, it's just different. And it's so easy after so many years have passed and you're like, yeah, like statistically, like it, it's just not going to happen anymore to just be like, yeah, sure. I support it now. I also feel oh, okay. like I feel like from Cap's perspective, it is not the right play to come back to the NFL. Like you can show them that you want to come back, but it's not the right move to come back because you don't want to give those haters any motivation whatsoever. Like because uh, yeah, again, like, going to what I'm saying, it's just like all the people who said, "Well, he left the league or he did this because he was he couldn't play," and it was like it was his skills right. that had diminished. Now, because it's been that long, if he came back and he struggled, it would be up. Oh, see, see? it had nothing yep. to do with racism. It had nothing to do right. with kneeling. It was just because he could never play to begin with, and blah blah blah. Like that's the thing, and that's why it's easy for Raj to say, "Oh yeah, yeah. sure, I support it now," because. He knows that it probably won't happen. And I would say, Cap, if he was in a position where he didn't have a platform and didn't have the ability to raise these issues and have a voice and get attention on his message, then yes, go back to the NFL, raise your profile, and use that platform. He's got the platform. He's got Nike behind him. Like, the dude doesn't need... Cap doesn't need the NFL at this point with where we are in the world today where groups are just like doing whatever they can to try to prove they're not racist. The NFL needs cap more than cap needs the NFL. So at this point, if I was cap, I'd be like, fuck you guys. I'm good. I don't need y'all. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep spreading my message how I am. And then so, be done so, with it. So you ready for this though? I'm about to show y'all what the future looks like here. All right. You ready for this strap in a minute? Phil Knight buys the XFL in the bankruptcy auction in August. They do some retooling. They get shit set up and then cap is the hallmark poster boy star of the XFL coming in next year, and they go all in, and they can encourage it. They give the players the voice. So basically, it's going to be the XFL, now that it got rid of Vince McMahon's racist ass, combines with the player tribune with football playing on the field. And they will embrace it. They will go all in. They will let Cap take knees well, and let but- him use that platform on top of the one he already has with Nike. And he'll be playing football, putting up numbers, and he'll be able to grab his nuts like Baker Mayfield <laughs> and rub it in Roger Gale's face every time he scores a touchdown. I mean, the only problem with your theory there, Drew, is that the NFL's hand has been forced. There have been enough guys that have spoken out. There, that whole idea of, oh, they have to stand for the, the anthem, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's so the gone. That's gone in the NFL. Tiny thing, and they're going to be forced no, 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 no. for every other inch that's after just, that? That's just the beginning. Because when you, have, when you have the white players speaking up and saying, I'm going to kneel. I don't give a shit if I lose fans because of it. It's not about the flag. It's about racial injustice. It's about police brutality. I'm going to stand up for this with my teammates. I'm going to back my teammates. I'm going to take a knee. Fuck anybody who doesn't agree with that. The NFL now has lost all bargaining power. They cannot stop it anymore. No, it's no, done. I get that. And I'm not doubting that they're going to, they're, they're not going to stop kneeling, but I still feel like the NFL, like all the other sports leagues, except the NBA and the NHL are going to have to be dragged to have any kind of progressive attitude whatsoever. And that's why I'm saying Phil Knight and Colin Kaepernick and the new XFL are going to be the banner child. They're going to be the trailblazers to show people to do this shit right once and for all. I would love to see triple XFL with Phil Knight. That would be well, fantastic. Well, no, I mean, That'd I, be fantastic. I agree with what Drew's saying. Like, they could have been, it's like going back to the whole, you know, white player saying, it's like, 
That's awesome, except for you weren't saying that when it mattered. Like you're saying it right, now when it's right. it's easy. When like, it's convenient. It's yeah, easy yeah, for yeah. Baker Mayfield and people to be like, well, Baker Mayfield wasn't a league. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But there are so many guys who could have stepped up, white, black, otherwise, whatever, that now when it's like easy and Caps lost his job and he's been made the martyr and now like so the, the outcry is so like, now that it's easy, all kinds of guys are like, sure, I'll stand up and do this. And it's, it's great, but it's like eh. the, the, the part that bothers me the most, I was thinking about it earlier, is just like while it was happening, people were making the comparisons to Muhammad Ali and yep. how you know, he did all that. And, okay, they, they weren't necessarily the same level, but it was the same in the sense of people were trying to say then this man is going to give up his career. He's willing to put his career on the line and nobody would listen. And now that his career is essentially over, despite what Roger says, where, Oh yeah, I'll give my endorsement. I welcome it. Encourage it. I welcome it. Like, yes, of course you can now, because it's like very unrealistic that there's any way that he succeeds or comes back and makes an impact to where it matters. See, and that's, that's that's why I want to see Cap come back in the XFL though, in a way that someone supports him and helps him figure out how he can be athletically successful to show that he, that was never the point. But the the downside of that drew is the people who are against Cap and the people who have been against Cap from the beginning, they are going to, they'll use that as well. It's the XFL. It's not the NFL. So it's not that top tier defense. So they will find a way to negate his right and there's no saving those souls mike that's why i'm over that i just want to see cat ball out and be able to play the game that i know that he loves at some level right like it wasn't like it was a hobby he gave up all right well let's, gave up a career let's talk well, about and, and see, here's the other thing too, though, like if you're cap and and like if you're fans of cap like me like i wanted to be able to see him have that success despite like all of this right. like not like it be where you're just like okay, like, I don't want to be a fan of Kaepernick just because of the protest. Like, I wanted to be a fan of Kaepernick, and and, and I am, because I of what he did. Because he was good. It's like, right. He like because the he, shit out of yeah. me. Like, because like, he's, he's, a, play he's f- a quarterback for Nevada, and Notre Dame ran up 45 on his team, and then he's off in the NFL in the Super Bowl while Brady right. Quinn shitting a brick in Cleveland. <laughs> like, I want to be a fan of Cap, but off of merit, and because of what he did, not because of – well, I want to see him succeed because it'll shut up the haters. It'll push the social agenda. But no matter what, it's tied to that. But Scott, it's just like, you, you know, but does it have to be? Because I don't think that's why you were a fan of his to begin with. You were a fan because he was a quarterback. And then he doubled down by being an awesome dude and doing what was right when it wasn't easy. No, 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 no. Here, here's what oh, you it was. hate him I was in a San fan Francisco. Of, no, no, I was a fan of him because he was. I was a fan of him because he was good. I was a fan of him because right. he played for the 49ers. And then, as an additional bonus, oh yeah, he's also out here for social justice. Like yeah, it was right. a great trifecta. But what I'm saying is, those first two should trump the fact that, like, you know, the social agenda issue. Like, but it, it wouldn't in other people's minds. It's like no matter what, yeah, they would all be worry tied. about those people. Those people. Ain't fucking worth it man no i understand what you're saying but i know i know but it's just like you want to convince everybody you don't want to just like you don't want to have it like have an asterisk next to it where it's just like oh he succeeded because people wanted him to succeed it's like i mean he succeeded because he was a good football player end of story i get it i get it all right guys let's let's move on i just want to see collins awkward ass like wind up when you throw the ball like (laughs) come on dude was coming out of the side of it kind of almost like philip rivers like i just want to see that again i want to watch him play i love enjoying that and let him say what the fuck those ignoramuses want to say like they're gonna be wrong and they're gonna die up eventually it's gonna be fine 
Yeah, it just—I mean, it's just frustrating. <laughs> let's know, move bro. on. Let's move on from this. And this is uh, Joe. instead, Shit, we actually need Joe. No, let's let's move on. And instead, let's talk about. Colin Kaepernick. All right. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 but. Oh, shit. Yeah, the next bullet point. So the next, this is about Roger Goodell. Yes. Yeah, so the next, uh, the Bro, next, this is some bullshit story. Uh, man, let's see. This is some bullshit. Chargers man. coach Anthony Lynn was doing an interview and he said that Cap is a good fit for his system. He's got Tyrod Taylor as his starting quarterback. Uh, Cap is a good fit and he's going to put him on the quote, emergency workout list uh and then quickly verified we're not working him out but he's on our list for an emergency workout how bullshit is this statement from anthony lynn scott we'll go to you first well this this is tough because i think anthony lynn is in in a really tough spot right like okay so he's a blackhead coach which we've already discussed there's very few of and the nfl is out here you know enticing teams with draft picks to try to hire right so he's in a precarious spot where it's just like if he super supports cap you know there will be some sect of fans who are like well you're only doing it because he's black and you know you want to support you know black quarterbacks and like you know there's this other thing where it's like well as like a coach i mean he's got skills right so you'd still want to see that like I feel like it's somewhere uh, closer towards the non-bullshit end of the spectrum where it's like Anthony Lynn is just trying to play the game. Like he's trying to keep his job as a respected head coach. He's a black head coach and those are very few and far between. And oh yeah, by the way, they just drafted the next great white hope in San Diego. (laughs) So for him to force the issue on a quarterback that's super controversial, like even in San Diego where it's a little bit more liberal, LA would still be an issue. So like, I I feel bad for Lynn being in the spot because it's like, he didn't necessarily have to say anything, but you know, I'm really confused. What you're saying about the great white hope because Notre Dame didn't have a quarterback drafted this year. That's a good point. Uh, Ian's book doesn't come out until next year. They took took Justin Herbert. So, I mean, (laughs) they're like, like, we're we're just going to go from, you know, we're we're just going to go from Phillip Rivers, I can't wrap it up, to, you know, uh, Justin Herbert. He really can't, though. Jesus Christ. You need no more of kids, bro. Like, like, what is this, the Brady Bunch? I mean, shit. I so this one feels the reason why I put this on here and the reason why it feels like bullshit is because it, to your point Scott and what you kind of mentioned Lynn didn't have to say anything like he didn't have to throw this out there it wasn't I and I, I didn't read the whole transcript so maybe somebody did ask him about Kaepernick and if he would fit in but at that point you just say if the time comes if we if we need to get to that point we would evaluate but I, I have three quarterbacks on my roster you know what am I going to do so to throw it out there as like he's on my emergency workout list is just such a weird thing to me to like what the hell is that I guess it's that like sounds made up that's something like, no, 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 everybody's look, look, I'm gonna tell you what this is this is the black head coach version of saying I support cap and I would 100% have signed cap if I could in have. the years prior or like this when is, this see, was going right. on except for the fact that I didn't have a head coaching job at the time. It wasn't acceptable to do. And I'm letting you know that, like, I support Cap. I would have hired Cap. But it's like now, uh, going back to what I said about how, you know, with Goodell, where it's like, eh, well, you know, it, it, sure, I support him now. Because it, it's been four years and he's, 
he's not necessarily going to be able to come in and do what he does. But by Anthony Lynn saying this, it's it's showing that he does support Cap. He definitely would have like signed him if he had the chance. But it's like right now, and and Javi and Matt are mentioning in the comments. It's just like with a rookie QB in the state of the Chargers, like it doesn't make any sense for them necessarily right. bring him in. But there are a ton of teams in the league who should look at it. And that's fair. Stupid. I don't know. That's a, like, this is just so dumb. Like, why can't it just be a coach that wants to try it a player? Why has it got to be a black coach? Got to be able to do like, like we're just because like, this why, is America, why, I know. This is, and that's what pisses me off. Though, right. Scott. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, yes. no, and I agree. Like 60% it, it sucks, alcohol. Maybe that's... the fact that it's a quarter to 10, but like the thing is this bullshit fucking pisses me off. Like, why Absolutely. do we, why do we have to you. qualify with all these identifiers? Like, why can't it just be a meritocracy? We live in a fucking capitalistic society. If you're successful, you succeed. If you're not, you go bankrupt and go out of business. Like, let the market bear what it will. This is so fucking stupid. Like, let the guy try out and play. If he isn't good, then he isn't good. If he is, he is. Like, who gives a shit about the fans? If you win football games, they'll show up and buy your shit-ass merchandise anyways. Like, even if you don't win, shout out Bengals Like, what's the point? Like, yeah, and I'm ready to go through a tunnel at any point right now because I know I'm ranting. But, like, (laughs) it's it's so fucking stupid, and I'm so over it, man. I feel like... Get into the 20th century, y'all. And figure this shit out. Like, it's not hard. A coach wants to try out a player to see if he can help his football team win football games. It should be no, that I mean, fucking it, simple. And, like, and, like, and what's all saying, the other stuff at the door, whether what, you're gay, straight, black, white, purple, who gives a shit? Why does everybody say purple when they – I'm sorry. I just need to stop Because there's no purple second. American sherm. That's why we because, need to break the mind of like, the model. People, yeah, hang on. Hang on. Because, like, people, people are always, like, like when, when they st- – they're always, like – I don't care if you're black, white, or purple. Like, I care if you're purple because that means you're choking. Like, I really care about you in that situation. I want to try to save you. If you're purple, <laughs> I want to save your life. Like, that's a no, see, now, seriously, that scares me a little that. bit. If you really want to be around a purple person, you got to save their life. Could you do the Heimlich if it was called upon? I, bro, I have no idea. I've never been in that situation. I don't want that pressure. But I would care. I would care I, a lot. People scary, are like, guys. I don't care if you're purple. I fucking care if you're purple, man. That's a problem. We got do some nothing, issues. But I'd care about it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that back. I'm sorry. I had to, you know. But no, I mean, I mean, that's the the general sentiment is like what Drew's saying. It's like, it shouldn't, none of this shit should matter. None of this shit should matter. Like, it, it, like, it does, unfortunately. Like, in in the situation, it does. Like, this is where we are in 2020, where it's like, it matters that, you know, Anthony Allen is a black head coach. It matters that, so, uh, so the Premier League quarterback, and like, it just sucks. The British Premier League, the British Soccer League, right? It, the question came up to the EPL commissioner and was like, hey, are you going to put a Rooney rule in place? And he looked at the reporter like they had five heads. Like, what the, why the fuck would you ask a question like that? Because they have, they have all kinds of races and creeds in the EPL, and it does skew more to, like, the Spanish, German, British, but that's more because of, like, historical tie-ins to growing up in leagues or whatever. Not to say that there isn't racism there. They got it perfect. But he's like, why would we need a rule to encourage that kind of behavior when the people who win are who we're going to hire? Like, they will hire coaches. Literally, in the EPL, the Yankees would hire the Red Sox manager the year after they beat him for the World Series. Because, like, I don't give a fuck where you came from. I just want to win. And I'll pay you tens of millions of pounds to do it. And so someone asked about the Rooney rule. He's like, well, that's – okay, next question. That's fucking dumb. But in America, we got to do shit like that to, like – deal with all the systemic racism that's been around here for hundreds of years like absurd fed up with it fuck all you that just can't get on board and figure out where we are now as a society humanity needs to save itself because the covid's out there 
moving on about that PGA tour this weekend. I, no one I, says it's positive in two weeks. That's a positive sign. Like, let's up, let's, up, let's, let's, <laughs> let's do goddamn sixteen percent alcohol. This is what happened. <laughs> let's do one more bullshit. Uh, this is some bullshit uh, quote from this week, uh, and let's go to a lighter topic. Okay, let's let's Matt Barr calling me out, uh, saying the show's getting too real, and I'm freaking out, saying why is everybody purpling, trying to lighten the mood. That's what I do, Matt. I make jokes. That's what I do. Uh, but I, I can also get man, real man, happy. Believe it or not. So let's let's go ahead lighten the mood a little bit let's talk mike gundy all right mike gundy this week uh, that's gonna lighten the mood exactly mike gundy I'm a man i'm 40 <laughs> he's uh mike gundy was seen in a twitter photo wearing an oan shirt uh one america news if you don't know what that is uh this was the same news source that said that the old guy from buffalo that got pushed down by the police was actually an antifa agitator and the president tweeted about it and it became like a thing and legitimized one america news as a a legit source even though they are basically tinfoil hat wearing crazy motherfuckers uh so mike gundy is seen wearing this shirt they have said horrible things about the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, one of his players, Chuba Hubbard, called him out, and then another group of players that Heisman Trophy candidate Chuba Hubbard yes, too. Uh, this ain't just no quite player. possibly the best running back in the in the NCAA this year. Called him out on it. Other players Sanders. then jumped on board and said, "Yep, things need to change in this organization. It's got to change." Four hours later. Four hours later, Mike Gundy and Chuba uh, Hubbard released a video that basically said that things are going to change. Mike Gundy has had a change of heart. I'm going to play this video for you guys. This is what I want to know. Uh, is this some bullshit? Let's see if we can get this video to play here. Uh, give me one second. I got, uh, no, I got it. Now, media cannot be played. you got to be fucking kidding me. Hang on, fellas. I'm going to get this. We're going to get to this one, you know, just uh, vamping as we Matt, try to... Matt Barr pointing out that OAN is Fox News for Fox News. Yeah, it's... Wearing, oh. um, I, uh, I've met with uh, some players and uh, realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on uh, in today's society. And so we had a great meeting and uh, made aware of some things that uh, players feel like that can make our organization or our culture even better than it is here at Oklahoma State. And I'm looking forward to making some changes and it starts at the top with me. And we got good days ahead. I'm not even going to play Chuba's part because Chuba starts off by apologizing for starting things in a tweet rather than going to Gundy directly. He is the only one in this video that actually apologizes. Gundy, during that whole rant, uh, that 29-minute rant, where he's or 29-second rant where he's like, ah, things are going to change. I talked to my players. Apparently, things are bad for black folk right about now, and things are going to change. Uh, Mike Gundy, who is the same person who said, why are we worried about COVID? We need to get these players. They're healthy. They're young. Let's get them out there because we got to get some money flowing through Oklahoma. He comes out with this video. Uh, how bullshit is Mike Gundy's apology on this one? Yo, I, I know you two have seen Little Nicky, right? Yes, I've seen Little Nicky. Yeah, you know in the end when uh, Satan's minion goes to shove a pineapple up Hitler's ass? <laughs> no. Well, it's a thing that happens, and one of one of the dreams. I can't dreams... believe how often we talk about Adam Sandler's movies on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, why not? Adam Sandler's got I'd some say, good I movies, mean, bro. I, I know, but it's like we, we spend too much ta- time that talking part? about the bad ones. All right, so Whoa. we're gonna do a new segment that's just breaking Adam down an Adam Sandler, Sandler movie. Also, Scott, you need to get your kids on that Adam Sandler Sesame Street song. The Elmo song is fire, bro. 
I'll I'll get Elmo. He rhymes Elmo with Smelmo. Come on. Smelmo. I mean, Smell-mo. right? That's just just lyrics just melting. Adam out of Sandler mouth. is the man. All right, rank them. Biggie, uh, Tupac, Nas, Adam Sandler. Go. <laughs> I'm gonna let Mike go first on this one. Uh, I'm gonna take a controversial stance. Nas at the top for me. Uh, yes. Uh, oh boy, Although, I, I, I don't know about that. Lyrically, uh, lyrically, I would put Nas up at uh, number one. Pocket number two. Biggie three. Adam Sandler for, despite Gosh, the fact that uh, the wedding singer song is one of my favorite songs from Adam Sandler ever. Biggie, Puck, Nas, Adam. <sighs> That's fair. Biggie, That's Puck. fair. I, I don't think you can disagree Biggie, with God, that. You were shitting on Puck the last time we did this. What was it? We did we did Jay-Z, Biggie, and Pac. And you okay, and Biggie, and, B- and, and Jay-Z wasn't in there. So if if you throw Jay-Z in, he goes <laughs> in be, there right behind Biggie. I'll be going with Nas Sandler, Biggie, Pac. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I think Matt Barr has the correct take on this one. Uh, Mike Gundy on this uh, uh, apology. That is an infinity out of 10 on the bullshit meter. Complete bullshit coming from Mike Gundy. He issued a Another apology afterwards that was like uh, he basically said the same thing and like people are like oh well what if he was wearing a CNN shirt would people still be mad no you you got to understand what OAN no, is CNN has journalistic integrity and have to have two sources to cite any bullshit it's not even it's not even the fact that it's a right leaning place it's a right leaning site that has shit on the Black Lives Matter movement has like forged these conspiracy theories and is doing awful awful shit and the fact that he's wearing. Who wears the fucking shirt of a news network? First of all, yeah, like, that's yeah, right. Really, what awkward. football coach is wearing that? Like, he's got plenty of other that's free shirts. Strange. Where? Why are you not wearing an Oklahoma State shirt every and single well, day? You're like, no, it's, and it's the worst not strange. Is, and OSU is sponsored that, by Nike, and it was an Adidas shirt. Well, like, there's it's the not strange except that. for the fact that he knows exactly what he was doing. Like right. in that moment of all times to be wearing that shirt, like he's not stupid. We've seen his mullet. We know who he is. Right. And I mean, like, and the funny part is, like, I've liked Mike Gundy, but he's just like all of the other coaches who are like, hey, there's a bunch of black people. I'm going to get rich as I can off of their backs and F whatever else is going on. Like, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand. I don't give a shit. And if something comes along, I'm going to apologize and say, well, I I guess I didn't really know. And uh, I'm going to be more in tune moving forward. But it's like, Mike Gundy isn't going to give a shit anymore moving forward. He's just going to keep cashing the paychecks and he's just going to keep going. Like, I mean, I'd be more. Again. Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy is a poor man's Mike Leach. Like, let's call it what it is, right? He's got no, the area offense Leach, that wins Mike seven Leach games is, here in the Big 12. He's an experienced psychotic. He is, but like, man, the bits that he gives us, though, are solid. He also understands the world around him. And he'll win eight, nine games in the Pac-12, whereas Leach is happy to get to eight in the fucking Big 12. Piece of shit league that all it has is Oklahoma. And Lincoln Riley going to be out there in a hey, minute. Hey, Tom Herman's, Tom Herman's team pisses clear, bro. He just runs roughshod over the rest of the league. How are you going to excuse your seven wins again, Mike Gundy? Uh, this has been... This is some bullshit. Man, this is some bullshit! Boom, I am a very man. big fan of this show. Yeah, I want to... I want to do this segment more just so, so that we wait, can keep playing like, that. Drop. What is that clip from? That's from Half Bake, bro. 
I just oh, I was just going to say, I know, I, where that really is. I know nope. where that drop that's is half from, baked. I just want to do this segment more just for that drop. Yep, exactly. That's when Chappelle says he's addicted to weed and the guy gets really mad. And that's what, that's the same scene when Bob Saget stands up and was like, I suck dick for coke. You ever dick for weed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it. I've seen Fuller House. <laughs> Being Matt Bar, Joey Sweeten's boobs. Matt Bar, very disappointed in you for not knowing the drop, Mook. Uh, I'm sorry, man. You you've lost a, a lot of respect. Hey, Matt, for Matt Bar, Bar, suck balls. It's 16, percent man. All right, All right, we are gonna do one more segment uh, because it's getting late, and it's my fault. My fault, kids. Uh, wife not feeling good. Uh, we're gonna do one more segment, and then we'll we'll close out the show. Uh, not as good of a drop on this one. I apologize, Scott. Uh, but this one's called "You're the Best Around." Drop was fantastic. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing in this segment, this is where we debate the best of something. Uh, these are going to be related to a story from the week. Uh, so Lamar, uh, the, the Madden cover has been revealed. Lamar will be the Madden uh, cover athlete. We knew that was going to happen. He talked about that before. I want to hear real quick. We'll do this real fast because we're running out of time. Who is the best Madden cover athlete that we've seen? Uh, Drew, I will go to you first. Who's your favorite Madden cover athlete? Michael Vick. Michael Vick. And I'm not honestly sure if he was a cover athlete, but I just remember the one year in Madden that if you, you weren't allowed to play with him because it was like uh, Tech Mobile and Bo Jackson. That's a that's like, a fair pick. Like Vick that year was unstoppable. First of all, it was too. 2004. Second of all, your answer of Mike Vick is correct. And second of all, I was having this conversation earlier. 2004 and 2005 were the last time Madden was worth a shit. It has been a downhill, god-awful uh, venture ever since. And so Vic and Ray Lewis in 04 and 05, oh, best Ray cover athletes. All right, I am gonna, I'm going to uh, stray from the pack on this one. I'm going to go Madden 12 as the best cover athlete. That's when Peyton Hillis was the cover oh, athlete. God. <laughs> the one-hit wonder himself. All right, he's done. He's done. He yeah, played, no, he played 34 call. games or some shit like that. That was it. Peyton Hillis was gone. Uh, uh, that was the, later. He was bagging groceries. The ultimate Madden jinx. All right. Also yep. in Lamar Jackson news, uh, Lamar had an incident where he was playing some beach football and he ran into a jet ski and people freaked the fuck out. Oh my so God. I want to know, bro. what is the greatest injury that you've seen to an athlete that didn't happen while they were playing or practicing their sport? Oh, oh, oh. Go. I've had this go, one Drew. locked and loaded, but I'll let Mookie go. Go first. ahead, Mook. I really hope I ruined Scott's day. Trevor Bauer and his drone. Oh, that's a good one. Good choice. Trevor Bauer uh, cutting his finger before the playoffs uh, with nope. the drone. Jeff Kent and his driveway washing his car. <laughs> that's a pretty good I, I one. Been sitting that only, I will never forget when Jeff Kent hurt himself allegedly slipping, washing his car in the driveway. And I want to say it was. Oh, four somewhere he was around totally there. Banging. Matt Barr had one of mine that I had thought of was Marty Cordova getting sunburnt in a tanning bed, uh, falling asleep in a tanning bed and getting sunburnt, not being able to play. Uh, I also had on my list, Joel Zumaya uh, from the Tigers. Uh, he yes. injured his wrist playing, his guitar- yeah, playing guitar hero. That was a pretty good yes. one. Uh, however, uh, I think the winner I think I'm going to win with this one. Okay, hold on. Before you say it, though, and because there's one that has been alleged, and he recently was like, that never happened, but the John Smoltz ironing his shirt oh, while yeah. it was on yeah. thing. 
No, yeah, that that I had I had heard about that one. I didn't consider that one because this one okay, was cool. way too good. Plaxico Burris shot himself. Oh, he went cheddar yeah, bomb. Okay, yeah, yeah. He I went, mean, we all yeah. been at the club with a gun in our pocket, like. Ah. Yeah, that's gotta be the that. best injury. Plaxico Burris shot himself, bro. No, that's, but you know what? I'm still gonna get to Bernie with this one. I was counting them up, and I was like, man, we've named five. I can't wait for Mike to name the six. And I'm like, so, that six terrible injuries not really their sport, and they're all baseball players. <laughs> but, like, that still holds, because at least Praxico shot himself. Like, it was a gun. But Everything no, else was baseball players being pussies. Base- baseball been... players always win this one. This conversation yeah. has come up before. And well, because it's like so long. Shows, you got like, such a long season where the, they're doing the dumb injuries shit. injuries for non-injuries always go to baseball players, because they always have something The relief ridiculous. pitcher who threw out his back carrying deer meat into his freezer that's yes. one i'm pretty sure another pitcher threw out his back walking down his steps when he slipped who got hurt um, uh who got hurt picking up his three-year-old's pillow like strained in oh, yeah. a week or something sure that was like another that. pitcher in baseball <laughs> no, all right and they're always God. they're always completely bs too like when you hear them you're like who believes that it's like when uh dustin johnson slipped uh in that golf tournament oh, he we all know he's doing yeah it was just like we all know he does coke so he that's was like blowing yeah, booger right, sugar you, uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> uh this this next one for you're the best around uh, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest has announced that it will go on as scheduled on July Hit 4th. Hit that DJ air horn. Yes, absolutely. We will have a Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on July 4th. There will be no fans in attendance, so Surf and Sitwell will be uh, completely barren. They're actually doing it at a different location. They are not going to have 15 eaters. They're only going to have five this time around to allow for social distancing. So a tighter field, going to really push Joey Chestnut uh, to give people uh, the chance to spread out. Six feet no, apart. But like, if you have no fans, you could have just like a massively long. Stage you could just hang out televised. all over the the streets. You're right. Uh, so what I want to yeah. know: who is the best current major league eater not named Joey Chestnut? Because the answer Me. is clearly Joey Jaws. Uh, Drew's Drew wants to take that crowd. I'll throw my head in the ring because here's the thing, man. I ain't, I ain't built for speed, but I can run a marathon like nobody's business. You give me like 24 hours, I'll put down. 85 Nathans. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I get to drink still, right? Because <laughs> if you give me, yeah, you still you give me a drink. 24-hour period, I'll take strategic one-hour naps. I could easily put down 85 hot dogs. That's fair. Uh, all right. Good good pick. Uh, Scott. Well, that's four an hour, dude. I could do that easy. <laughs> Who is... Ooh, can I put chili on them? Does that count? Sure. That just adds to it. Look, I got I'll the eat picture. hot dogs while I'm shitting them out, too. I got the picture with Joey Chestnuts, but everybody Chestnuts. knows that long after Joey's gone, that Badlands Booker yes! is going to be yes! is going to be the MVP of everything yes! hot dog eating contest for all of time. This... So as much as I love Joey, even when he's dead and gone, as long as Badlands Booker, there, the hot dog eating contest is going to be the hot dog eating contest. He's the best competitor there Absolutely. is, and it's before. Any hot dogs are even eaten. I tweeted out. I tweeted out from our account that if we don't get the Badlands Booker George Shea rap for <laughs> Badlands Booker's intro, I'm out. That's the one thing it's, that could ruin not, this hot dog eating contest for me. It's not the real contest. Then I yeah. will say though. So I'm seeing the comments come in, and I saw Matt Barr post something, but I think it's delayed. But I think it timed up well, and I think Matt Barr thinks Bartolo Colon is the best <laughs> competitive eater today. 
I would stack him up against Joey Chestnut. I would I would pay to see that. He also said the vein in my neck is nuts, and that's making me feel very uncomfortable right now. Too many uh, prison workouts and too much sixty percent alcohol, man. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Tavor. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Tavor, Tavor for shout delivering tonight's beer for us. Uh, this is over my basement, man. I got too much beer down there. This is last call brought to you by Tavor. Use the code 258023 for $10 off your second order. That's all you got to do on the payments and credit screen. Enter that code 258023. You can get $10 off your second order this week. Uh, if I can find the screen, we were drinking Fear the Sunset from KCBC. Uh, 16% ABV brew, 4.33 caps on untapped. We are rating this one on the Star Wars scale from Jar Jar Binks to Darth Vader. Uh, Scott, where did this one fall for you? Uh, I'm going to let Mookie go first because I embarrassed him earlier, so let him go. Cool, thanks. Don't Mookie. give me any material to work with or build off of. That, nope, that makes not it this even time, better. sir. Um, I'm actually going to borrow Mike's Chewbacca rating and, and modify it a little bit. Uh, it, it, it's an Ewok, you know? It it, it it was it was good. It had a good role. Um, you know, it filled it well. But, like, honestly, I only want to see it for, like, five minutes out of 120-minute screen time. Um, the flavor was good up front. It was smooth, but it finished like fucking napalm, man. Like, I get it. Like, you can have a boozy beer, but if you're going to hide it, hide it well or just come out front with it in the first place. Um, it was all right. It was solid. I 3.75 untapped is about to be my rating, but um, i definitely get down on it again, but once a night. Like an Ewok. An Ewok. He would Mookie would go down on an Ewok once a night. Scott, what is your rating? Oh <laughs> well, no, wait, I need a couple Ewoks because they're small, but like three Ewoks once a night. <laughs> Scott, what's your rating from Jar Jar Binks to Darth Vader for Fear of the Sunset? I'm going extra Star Wars nerd with this. This one is a Galen Merrick, which if you really know your shit, Galen Merrick is Starkiller, who was the apprentice to Darth Vader in the Force Unleashed. This is a step below Vader. I like it, but it goes, <laughs> like Mookie said, it goes ham and it goes scorched earth. There's no nuance to it. It's 16%. Some of the flavors are there. Maybe not, but it's getting you good to go. So it gets the job done, but it's a step below uh, the, the ultimate Darth Vader. So I'll go Darth Vader's Apprentice Galen Merrick with this one. I thought we were doing real Star Wars characters. <laughs> uh, this is a real Star Wars character, motherfucker. I said you got to go deep with it. So Google oh, it and get just, back to me. What? You can just like make it up then. Google Galen Merrick. So I am going to go before. Okay, relax, fellas. So. Relax, relax, relax. Separate. <laughs> Uh, what you want to fight about it? I am <laughs> mommy and dad are fighting again. <laughs> I am gonna go with Lando on this one. Lando Calrissian is my rating on this one, and the reason why I say that. Why? What are you? What are you about to jump on me for? <laughs> I was just one of my favorite say, characters, though. I will say that. Well, he, he went with the diplomatic. He was like, "I'll name a black character," so I don't seem racist. No, he's, he's going he... with one of these white coaches right now, where they're like, "We need to fix the game," uh, and so uh, I, I'm dedicated to it. So uh, Lando is my uh, choice because he was no. a black character and he's safe. And because uh, you're not gonna it like shows this. that I'm. It shows that I care about the black culture. <laughs> you are not gonna like the reason why I picked Lando. Uh, Scott, because are you getting on him about being a Star Wars? This racist right now i mean come on dude no, 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 i'm not him i'm not like talk i'm comparing it to the the other head coaches who come out after the fact they're like sorry i'll be more sensitive in the future 
I was going to say this is like Lando because even though it's 16%, it was super sneaky for me. Like this one popped up on me. Like I felt fine through most of this. I know my cheeks got red very early on in the show, but I felt fine. And then like midway through the show, it was like, damn. I'm kind of fucked up. Uh, so it was, it snuck up on me and turned on me just like Lando did to Han. Turn him in. Uh, so that's why I'm going with Lando on this one. Fear the Sunset, uh, 16% ABV brew from KCBC. This has been Last Call brought to you by Tavor. Again, use the code 258023 on the payments and credit screen for $10 off your second order. Sell out. For the record, the guy that to, didn't get the white motherfucker bitch. question was like, hey, this beer was a sneaky black who uh, <laughs> at the last minute, uh, uh, you know, turned the tables on you. Uh, just so you guys are all aware, that's what just happened. <laughs> what a perfect way to end the show. That was that was a great dismount, Scott. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, apologies again for being a half hour late tonight. We'll be back on time oh next God. week. Uh, be sure to hit up the show in between shows on Twitter and Instagram at Crafty Sports. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's right. As I'm replying to Matt Barr, he goes, no more 60% beers. And I go, why? It was fun for us. And then I couldn't hit send because Scott delivered the kill shot. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.